Hi, I'm Serena Lowe. If you're used to hearing that introverts are shy, anxious, antisocial, and lack good communication and leadership skills, then this podcast is for you. You're about to fall in love with a calm, introspective, and profound person that you are. Discover what's fun, unique, and powerful about being an introvert, and how to make the elegant transition from quiet achiever to quiet warrior in your life and work, anytime you want, in more ways than you imagined possible. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Quiet Warrior podcast. In this episode, we want to explore what an empath is. We also want to look at the differences between an empath, a highly sensitive person, and an introvert. We will look at the strengths and advantages of being an empath, the downsides of being an empath, and how do we mitigate these downsides in our daily lives. And then I will finish off by sharing some self-reflection prompts, as well as self-care tips for the empath. So let's begin by talking about what is an empath. And to explain that, I need to give you some background information first about the work of Dr. Elaine Aaron, author of The Highly Sensitive Person and The Highly Sensitive Child. So Dr. Aaron has extensively researched and written about the 30% of the population who share the traits of sensitivity. She uses the acronym DOES, D-O-E-S, to describe the highly sensitive person. And D stands for depth of processing. O stands for easily overly stimulated. E is for strong empathy and giving emphasis to our emotional reactions. And S is for sensitivity to all the subtleties around us. So let's look into that a bit further. So for a highly sensitive person, the D part means that you process things very deeply and you notice connections that others don't notice. So this could be why you might see a highly sensitive person observes and reflects before acting and processes everything more. And sometimes they take, they seem to take a long time before they act. And that's because they are busy processing. The O part, the overstimulation part. So sometimes becoming overwhelmed or overstimulated because your brain is processing so much input, because you notice everything, you become overstimulated. Too much noise, comfort level, the lighting is too bright or too dim. You feel the texture of things. This fabric is making me itch. You need quiet at the end of a day of even moderate and normal stimulation like being at work or being at school. You could be overly responsive to external environments and try too hard to fit in, which then makes you exhausted and overwhelmed, especially in a highly stimulating environment like a party or a very busy classroom. E for emotions, picking up on emotional cues and feeling a deep degree of empathy for others. So highly sensitive persons are too aware of what others need and sometimes exhaust themselves trying to please and serve others. And S is for noticing the small and subtle things that others often overlook like textures and faint noises and things that usually pass under the radar for most of us. So what's the connection between an empath, a highly sensitive person and an introvert? An introvert could, of course, be also an empath or a highly sensitive person or both. In fact, I have all three of these traits. 
The difference, though, is that empaths share all the traits of highly sensitive persons but have a much more intense experience. Dr. Judith Orloff, who wrote The Empath's Survival Guide, describes empaths this way. Though there is a spectrum of sensitivity that exists in human beings, empaths are emotional sponges who absorb both the stress and joy of the world. We feel everything, often to an extreme, and have little guard up between others and ourselves. As a result, we are often overwhelmed by excessive stimulation and are prone to exhaustion and sensory overload. Does this sound like you or anyone you know? So what Dr. Orloff is saying is that empaths feel others' emotions as though they were going through that situation, and sometimes this even includes physical symptoms. So when overwhelmed with stressful emotions, empaths may experience panic attacks, depression, chronic fatigue, and some physical symptoms that the doctors might not even be able to understand or solve. Now, in a tremendously helpful post on the Highly Sensitive Refuge blog, this difference between introverts, empaths, and highly sensitive people is further explored by Andre Solo, who is the co-author of the book Sensitive, along with Jen Graneman. So it says there that if you're a highly sensitive person, you're much more likely to be an introvert than an extrovert. And Dr. Elaine Aaron has estimated that about 70% of highly sensitive persons are also introverts. However, that also means that about 30% of highly sensitive persons are extroverts or ambiverts. So you can be an introvert and not be highly sensitive. And that would look like you being, say, less in tune with people. Now, we do know introverts who come across in that way at work, for instance, the ones who seem a bit aloof, a bit reserved. And um, one might question sometimes whether they might need to work on their emotional intelligence, for instance. Or it could just mean that they are less stressed by certain types of stimulation. So being highly sensitive simply means you process more information about the world around you than others do. And it's important to emphasize this because our culture has somehow associated being highly sensitive with a form of weakness. And this comes through in different ways for males and females. So for instance, the dominant idea is that males are not supposed to show emotions. They're not supposed to cry. They're not supposed to show weakness. And females, well, if they are sensitive, that's just what females are. You know, they're just a bit too, cry too easily, a bit too emotional. So this is a very different concept of what it actually means to be highly sensitive. We're talking about processing information. And it's not about whether you are easily offended or whether you cry easily. There needs to be that understanding of what the word sensitive actually means. So let's talk about how highly sensitive persons and empaths show up in the world in terms of vocations, professions, and careers. Highly sensitive persons tend to fill the advisor role. They are the writers, the historians, the philosophers, the judges, the artists, the researchers, theologians, therapists, teachers, parents, and plain conscientious citizens. 
Empaths are your natural caregivers, healers, creative sparks, visionary leaders. So, the empath's ability to absorb feelings is, in a sense, it has two sides. So, one is that it is their greatest strength because it allows them to understand others and connect deeply. It's what makes them extraordinary caretakers, friends, and partners. And empaths also have highly tuned senses and strong intuitive abilities. So, how do you know if you're an empath? There are quizzes you can take online, but I would like to highlight seven traits that you can use as a springboard to reflect on yourself or on someone else that you care about. So number one is that you take on other people's emotions as your own. It's just really easy and natural for you to identify when someone tells you their story. Number two, the vibe of a room matters to you a lot, meaning that when you walk into a room where you don't know the people, you immediately feel whether this is a place you can fit into or whether you don't feel safe at all. Number three, you understand where people are coming from. It's just intuitive to you. It's your nature. Number four, people turn to you for advice. So if you're that person whose friends are always looking to you for wisdom or to be the mediator, maybe that is a sign that you're an empath. Number five, tragic or violent events on TV can completely incapacitate you. And that is one good reason why I don't watch the news and I make sure not to expose myself 24-7 to what's going on online or offline because I want to dissociate from that drama. I don't need it in my life. It saps my energy and it upsets me. And I'm sure it is the same for you if you're an empath as well. Number six, you have a calming effect on other people and the power to heal them. You might be the kind of person who, just by saying a word, or you know, you just come up with the right comment at the right time, and the person you're talking with immediately feels the difference, immediately feels things are better, that there is hope. And they will tell you, they will give you that feedback that you know you have such a calming presence about you. And words like that, and you know. And number seven is that you cannot see someone in pain without wanting to help. Now, this one has got a lot of leeway to be taken advantage of if you're not careful. So because you are soft-hearted, because you are kindly and you, you hate to see anyone in pain, anyone suffer, you just want to fix things, you want to help people. Some people can take advantage of that, so be very careful. So what are the challenges facing empaths? Or what makes an empath's overload symptoms worse? Things like fatigue, illness, rushing, traffic, crowds, loud environments, toxic people, low blood sugar, arguing, overwork, chemical sensitivities, too much socialising, and feeling trapped in overstimulating situations like parties. This list is from Dr. Judith Orloff's book. So let's look at some of them. Fatigue and illness. These ones are, are easy in the sense that that's if, if your body is telling you that you know something's not working with this current schedule or this environment or these people you're hanging out with, it sends you a clue, right? That you need to rest, you need to take a break, you need to tune out, you need to slow down, or you need to completely stop whatever it was you were doing. Ideally, you don't want to wait, wait until you're completely fatigued or unwell. Rushing and traffic and crowds. Okay, So some of these you can't quite control, but where possible, 
I would build in that kind of a buffer. So let me give you an example. So as a facilitator of introvert in-person events, it means that sometimes I need to get on a train, go to the city and host my events. So if I know the train schedule, I will make sure to get on an earlier train so that I arrive at the destination half an hour in advance and then I can take my time. I can walk around, I can check out the venue, I can take note of, you know, any any changes or anything unusual or anything that would affect the comfort level of my group. And I, I can make adjustments and I won't be out of breath, I won't be flustered, I won't be forced to, you know, to think on my feet because I would be prepared. So that's one way I manage around that. Now with loud environments, again, that is there is some element of choice. You can avoid those sorts of places or you can limit the amount of time you spend in those places if you have to be there. With toxic people, I would say draw a line. Get them out of your life as quickly as you can because the longer you remain in that kind of company, the more of a toll it takes on you mentally, emotionally, physically. Sometimes it's difficult depending on your relationship with those people but it's also about prioritizing your own well-being. Low blood sugar. I can relate to this one easily. So now I make sure I'm hydrated. I make sure I eat. I make sure I don't go, you know, on long trips um, feeling hungry, for instance. But I carry some snacks with me, carry some fruit with me, or make a stop at a place where I can tank up. Too much socializing or feeling trapped in overstimulating situations. This is where you need to practice standing up and speaking up and saying, I've had a great time, but it's time to go. You know, my social battery is, is drained, so I really need to go now. And that's it. And just leave. So there are ways to manage around these things. Now, in a YouTube video I saw of an interview with Andre Solo and Jen Graneman, who are the co-authors of Sensitive, there were some interesting tips shared which I want to pass on to you. And one of these is in the form of the empath self-care tips. So let's look at some self-reflection prompts. One thing I noticed in my conversations with fellow introverts is that when we talk about feeling less than, feeling that we're broken, feeling that we don't fit in, we don't belong, there's something wrong with me, the question I posed was, could it be that I'm judging myself more harshly than others are judging me? And the reason I say this is that very often when we think others are judging us, we could be mistaken because, if you think about it, most people are completely preoccupied thinking the same thing, worrying about what other people are thinking about them. So they don't really have time to be judging us as such or at least not to the extent that we think they might be. It could also be that we are projecting our own insecurities and anxieties onto them. And we look at them and we think, oh, they must be thinking all these things about me. So something I invite you to consider, am I judging myself more harshly than others are judging me? Second prompt, does the emotion belong to me or to someone else? And I give credit to Jen Graneman because this came from an interview that she did, which I listened to. And the question is, when 
an empath picks up other people's emotions, we need to be very careful because sometimes we put ourselves so deeply into their shoes where we think it's happening to us. So the emotion that has been absorbed, is it mine actually or is it theirs? So if it's someone else's emotions, then I can make a decision to separate myself and attribute it to where it belongs. Third prompt, is it me that needs to change or my environment? And this is an important question because a lot of times empaths and highly sensitive persons and introverts have low self-esteem because we perceive that we are somehow not fitting well into the environment. We're not being the kind of person that we are expected to be. And so we think there is something wrong with us. But what if it is the environment that is the problem? If the environment is extrovert biased, how would an introvert or an empath or a highly sensitive person be able to fit in completely and be in tune? It is not possible. So something needs to change. So the question is, is it me that needs to change or is it my environment? Which leads me then to share some empath self-care tips with you. The first one is to seek out people who are more like you. Now, it sounds very strange to say that, and it sounds almost audacious. Why should I be seeking out people who are more like me? Do I even deserve to look for people who are more like me? Isn't that very very childish or very selfish or very limited in thinking? Shouldn't I expose myself to as diverse a group as possible? So when I say seek out people who are more like you, I mean people on a similar wavelength and frequency. And I say that specifically because as an empath, you would know how easily influenced you are already by the vibe of the people around you. You know that you absorb their emotions. Therefore, you need to be selective about the kind of people whose company you keep. So seeing out people who are more like you makes it less stressful for you, makes it easier for you, makes it less of a hard work for you to get along. You, when you are with people who understand you and who naturally get you, who, who accept you, you don't have to spend a lot of energy justifying or defending or explaining yourself. Secondly, seek out environments where you can thrive and be yourself rather than feeling like you are in survival mode all the time trying to fit in, to please and to placate others. You can create these environments for yourself or simply hunt for those environments where your people are. Number three, build spaces and silences into your schedule to give yourself a chance to breathe and your brain a chance to gather its thoughts. Now, this is a natural consequence of being easily overstimulated. Just as a book needs white spaces so that the print is not all crowded together and you can make sense of the words, so also we need to build in those spaces into our schedule. We can't have a packed schedule that gives us no room to breathe, no time to think. And we need to pack in, we need to build in those silences. So that if that means, you know, taking a 10-minute walk outside, getting into a natural environment, or simply being quiet, being in a place, in a corner somewhere where no one can disturb you and you can be alone for five minutes, 10 minutes, and regather yourself. That is extremely vital. Learning to love yourself more, care for yourself more, and be kinder and more compassionate to yourself. This is an ongoing work, the work of self-compassion and self-love. 
which is at the foundation of what it means to to have self care. And finally, if we remember what Doctor Orlov said about guard up, the empath hasn't learned to guard up and to separate themselves from others' emotions. So imagine yourself. If you've watched any of the Star Wars movies, you remember that there is a thing called a force field that you can put up to protect yourself. So you can put up an imaginary shield or a force field between yourself and the other person or the situation. Or if you prefer, you can visualize yourself cocooned by a protective aura of love and healing and compassion. Or in a, or as my martial arts sensei used to say, guard up. Always be prepared. So he would teach us to, you know, literally put our hands up, protecting our face in case of attack. So all these are self-care tips, which for the empath, for the highly sensitive person, for the introvert, would come in useful because these are ways that we can adjust our own behavior. We can take responsibility for our own responses and keeping ourselves as feeling safe. Because at the root of it all is that we don't feel that we fit in. We don't feel safe to speak up, to be ourselves, to express ourselves. But if we do these things more and more and practice getting good at them, we start to take charge of our own self-care in a more positive way. So to finish up, I want to share with you Dr. Judith Orloff's affirmation for empaths. I vow to honor my sensitivities and treat myself lovingly as I explore what it means to be an empath and embrace my gifts. I will appreciate myself every day. I think that's a, a beautiful way to finish off and an empowering way as well. So to you who are empaths listening to this episode, I hope this has been helpful for you and I look forward to hearing what you say. See you on the next episode. I'm so grateful that you're here today. If you found this content valuable, please share it on your social media channels and subscribe to the show on your favorite listening platform. Together, we can help more introverts thrive. To receive more uplifting content like this, connect with me on Instagram at Serena Lowe, Quiet Warrior Coach. Thank you for sharing your time and your energy with me. See you on the next episode.